Hi, my name is Sarah Hardan, and uh, I'm here with Neta Porte for their second season of The Game Changers. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Saad. Long time. Long time, indeed. It's been uh, 11 years since we sat on such chair. Seriously, the first time we sat here, it was actually the first event we ever did when we first met. Do you, can, you, can you believe it's been since yeah. 2012? Yeah. How do you feel about being on camera again? I need time to settle. <laughs> Okay, so let's delve into the questions right away. So they're asking us, how did the good trip come along? Uh, should I start? Sure. So you're asking yourself the question. Okay, you can yeah. start. No, no, you can start. So basically, we come from, uh, Saad comes from a background where he has a huge love for music, right? Mm. And uh, I love, love, love basically doing events and themes and creating themes around my life ever since I was a teenager. And initially, we both come from a creative background. Therefore, we started our first agency. The Good Narrative. Yes. Which is a creative agency and a content production agency that is that offers all the... Uh, the creative aspects of brand building and brand comms. Exactly. We started it in 2020, right before COVID. And it was a great learning and a great journey for, for both of us. And two years later, we decided to set up the good trip. Yeah, basically, we wanted, uh, we, we were basically creating private parties in our spaces, at our friends' spaces traveling a lot, meeting a lot of artists and musicians and DJs and going to festivals and seeing all these huge production aspects. And we wanted, we were like really craving to bring all these n novelties and all these colors and all these new sounds to the region because honestly, we love where we are. And uh, um, we've been here for 11 years in Dubai and we feel that it has so much potential. It's already doing great, but it, we felt that there was like some kind of gap that we can be part of and we can be part of like basically building it. And uh, everyone kept telling us, I want you to do my party. I want you to do my wedding. I want you to do my birthday. So we stumbled upon one of our clients who was actually taking our advice for um, music selection for one of their events. And we randomly said, OK, so we're registering a company and She's like, okay, let's, why don't you pitch? We pitched and basically this client gave us the first platform um, and we were able to bring uh, one of the first international DJs uh, in October 2020. It was a blast and uh, everyone kept talking about this for... 2021. 20, okay. No, 2022. 2022, sorry. <laughs> so everyone kept talking about this and... After that, basically, I'm talking about this party because it was basically the foundation of everything that continued. Like, it was what put us on the map. It was what made everyone believe in us because everyone was like, who are these two people who are doing such a big party for such a big brands? Of course, like, they're going to fail. Of course, how is it going to be? Oh, my God, it's going to be like a khapsa. And then uh, after it, like, the whole region was pumping and talking about how it was. And that's how the good trip started, basically. Do you want to add anything? And we called it the good trip because nobody ever forgets a good trip. Yes, and we want to give people 
proper good trips when they are there. We don't want people to just come to our events, take a couple of stories and leave. It, it's more about having a journey. And it's not only for brands. We do this also when we, we consult with a lot of um, venues um, and we bring international acts once a month where we basically felt that we want to go out and there was no place that had exactly the music that we actually wanted. So we're like, why not bring the music we want once a month and go out and do it there? Just to go back to the question, how do you manage working together as a married couple? And what are the challenges of the dynamic? Uh, I think it's what we have set up or built in the past few years working together is a solid dynamic because we have kind of created departments or uh, like, like divisions. Like task forces, basically. Divisions and task forces. Where, um, where everybody has a, like a focus on his um, value added in this or, or subject matter expertise in that matter. And we don't, we don't usually uh, dwell a lot into each other's territory. I mean, and I mean not all the time. Sometimes the challenges can be a bit like... When like, because Saad is more on the music and booking and like the admin stuff and more the back end of the company. He takes care of all of this because I'm more on the crazy creative side. I have so many big ideas and he kind of like grounds me <laughs> when I, whenever I'm getting like something that's really out of the box and really like crazy. But uh, But the only challenges would be when kind of, we, I step into his field and he steps into my field in a way that's a bit, um, how do you say it? Like, not aggressive, but like uh, we go into each other's no. spaces, kind of. It's it's yeah. when it can get a bit like, no, get out, you know, I can do, I know what I do. And he's like, no, I know what I'm doing. So that's the only challenge, but it doesn't happen a lot. But it's a very a minor thing. It's a very you know, minor like thing, and it doesn't happen a lot. Mostly, like, we both flow into our directions, and then it's all about merging our our backgrounds mm. and our music and creativity and flow and productivity together. And what's funny is that whenever we're uh, meeting, uh, like, a new client yeah, or a that's, project, that's so and cool. we start talking and talking, and, like, halfway through... Uh, they realize that we're actually a couple that are running this business and it kind of, we get the same question again and again and again. Yeah, it's exactly the same question. How are you working together and how are you married and how are you like doing everything together? Like, don't you get bored? And you're like, I don't know how, how I can explain it. It's like, it's different personalities in business and then it's a different, it's, 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 it's weird and it's magical at the same time. Yeah. I like it. And the dynamic is actually uh, throughout the day we're, we're, we're working and at we're the not same working in the same space. That's very important. So, so that there's no claustrophobia in, in place. But uh, even if we're in the same place, it's actually smooth. Yeah, I, I can I can use the word smooth. As Most a, of the as time, 99.9%. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so the third question is, what do you think your partner partner brings to the business and how does that complement your skill set? I think we just answered this question. In terms of skill sets, um, what what I, I believe I bring, like whenever we have a pitch or whenever we have an event or something that we want to create from scratch, I have, as a person, as Sarah, I have a huge uh, visual memory and visual um, 
visual mind. So if you give me like an empty space, like I can literally in 10 minutes just imagine, oh my God, in this court, like I can just imagine it in my head. I, I, I build a movie and it becomes like, and this is how kind of ideas for our events and our uh, projects come along. And, uh, and I can imagine, what I can add from this particular skill set is that, is that I can imagine the same space from a functionality perspective. So how to set up the idea and bring it to life in a function from a functional or, you know, that involves light, sound and so placement always really of good elements. in light pla placement, sound placement, where the bar should be, where the DJ should be. Like in the feng shui of, kind of, of, yeah. of an event. And in addition to obviously your musical background. Yeah. So he, you can literally give him any brand and uh, he can tell you exactly who is the lineup that fits exactly to this brand based on the brand's history, what they do, what they like, who are their creative directors. He has a gift in, in knowing this kind of, uh, in, in terms of DJs and talents. On that uh, point, if we were to like get someone for Mr. Porter, let's say, who do you think would be a good fit? I think someone like Seth Troxler would work. Uh, mm, actually. Because like his style and his like his vibe will bring the contemporary aspect where the more contemporary the more contemporary aspect. His also his sound is more like on the experimental and contemporary yeah. side. So he would fit this Mr. Porter as you know. Uh, like I think it will. He will like kind of edge it up yeah. and uh, like be on the same path that they are going to mm. right now. And more importantly for Neta Porte, I have a name in mind. I don't know if you're going to. You? I mean, <laughs> other than me, someone international. I can represent, I can open, but uh, I feel someone would be like, quirky and cool. She's very hyped up right now. Working Peggy Goo? Peggy. I think Peggy would be really, yeah. really cool. I mean. Definitely. She yeah. can put it off. For sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then moving on. Um, that's a cool one. How is the Middle East attracting more musical talents and performers? And has the perception of the region changed in the recent years? For sure, there has been a drastic change over the past few years. From when we first moved here in yeah. 2013. So on, now, a wow. on a personal uh, experience, the whole music uh, industry has has changed a lot over the past few years and on a professional note like you're seeing a lot of festivals happening like what happened in Middle East the last couple of years you know like they're bringing not only artists and musicians to play but it's also more of like the interactivity with the people how like how talents are learning from uh, abroad and vice versa like yeah. uh, there's a lot of interest by international Talents to learn from the Middle East and what it can give. Like there's a huge. Yeah, I feel KSA a, is a huge example to the huge shift that's happening in the region. I feel it's representing all the yeah. Middle East region, like in what they're doing and uh, and the artists that they're bringing and how artists are actually being so like pleasantly surprised when they're coming and they're visiting these region and they're changing this perception that they had that oh here like we don't like to party or we don't like to dance or we, 
بالعكس they're, they're having a blast and I know because I have a lot of a lot of DJs that we actually worked with in our previous Good Trip events told us about them being booked in KSA in Dubai in Qatar for the Qatar World Cup for the Middle Beast so I think it's really important that what's happening in terms of music and at the same time also I would like to add to this question in terms of art creativity Art Week, how, mu- how Art Week recently has been bridging music and art together. So um, I feel I feel we're uh, we're in a we're in we're in a very good place, especially because it's booming and it's this shift is starting and we are helping with it, which is really really cool. And there's an appetite for uh, for new talents, whether they come from locally, regionally, or internationally. Like there's like there's a need or a hunger for something new something fresh all the time and i think uh, we're on the right path yeah newness is always important actually here because if you keep bringing the same exact this is something that i tell all the brands that we work with um you can't keep literally bringing the same exact djs in every single event same exact music and i mean it's always to have a nice mix between regional regional and international but Uh, people want something new. People in Dubai, in KSA, but in Dubai where we we are based, people want something new. And Like when we travel, like we travel for one of the main reasons we travel is music and exploring new always, musical or always. art talents around the world. And, you know, like if there's nothing fresh or new in, in, in the music experience, uh, we're, we're turned no longer, off. We, yeah. keep, we keep going, you know, like, for example, we go to a party, if the music is... same old, same old, why am I spending four triggered. or five hours of yeah. my night to, you know, to, say, to see the same thing over and over again? And we're really discovering very young, very niche acts in our travels that we are getting to know and we are taking their contact. And like these are people that no one know, but they're using a new sound that no one has heard of, which is... really impressive and I can't wait to bring all these talents here. So we have another interesting question uh, which is about the female aspect of music performance, how it started, like how it's becoming more, uh, I would say, yeah. accepted in the region. Big time. And why? Um, no? I feel, I feel actually... Literally, when five or six years ago, if you look in the region, you could find maybe one or two girls that everyone keeps booking. And now in Saudi, there's like 20 maybe. And we, we are to- in talks to actually book two of them. Uh, in Dubai, the way like all the girls have like this edge and this like spice to like this attitude when they're DJing and each girl has her own genre and her own style and how each girl can bring her flair to the room uh, with her style, the way she dresses and how she associates her style to her music. It's really cool. I really love it. And it's, it's, I know like everyone says female empowerment, but like, like it, it makes you like happy because before it was, oh yeah, let's bring this DJ, male DJ, male DJ. And then now it's more about like, spread I feel a woman can spread her feminine energy into the crowd and it's such a beautiful and cohesive I don't know it I feel it, it's different I'm not I, saying this because I'm a female but I feel it's really different and I always think it's always about the music for sure it's always about the music but definitely the attitude of the performer 100%. is key and not to be sexist or skewed towards any direction uh, 
women tend to have more of a, an, an attractive attitude while performing versus few men. I wouldn't say all men, of course. Um, I also feel that uh, having an online presence on social, um, I mean, I don't know how I feel about like say, but no, no actually I'm, I'm really happy that however people, whoever knows me from my page on social media is also approaching me to pitch for my business. Like the recent two pitches that we got, the first question the client was, is Sarah on the call? And we're like, so how did you know about us? She's like, because I follow Sarah and I love her content. And I saw like, she always posts something about digger chief, digger chief. So we're like, I wanted to check this out. And I saw that this is what you guys do. And that's why you're a business development manager. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically. So it's always important because I always kind of bridge the business into my personal page in very fun ways because also of our witty name. So I always try to say, oh, we're having a good trip. I hope you guys have a good trip. So it's kind of like subliminal messages. And, um, and I feel also because I love music and I and we love to create stuff on our personal pages. And that's how we started. And we were showing everyone how we used to do our own private parties and birthdays and everything. Um, I think definitely it affected a lot and it got bridged into um, the growth of our business. So to add one thing as well, I think uh, uh, having a personal brand on social, uh, on social is definitely a booster for any business where people get to know the person and get to know who is really behind it without uh, like in a very organic or natural way without any sugar coating. And I think people will feel more comfortable to work with this entity and, you know, and connect with it. And Sarah is much more active than me on social, for sure. I worked in, in this field for so long to a level where I'm, I'm not as able to be as active, but Sarah, I'm sure she's, she's covering my tracks. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I see her growth on social and how she interacts or how she shares content and it's linked indirectly to whatever we yeah. represent or do in, in our business. So we have received one more question and it's more towards style. Okay. And it has two folds. Okay. So the first fold is, uh, how does, how did your style evolve throughout your journey and before and during and till now? And how okay. would it, uh, how, how was it influenced with whatever you're doing and how does it affect whatever you're doing? Um, I feel, I feel my style did evolve a bit, um, in terms of, um, I always liked ever since I was young to actually clash and, uh, contrast like my, my style, but, um, Recently, in the past couple of years, I feel I became edgier. When I started, when I became an entrepreneur and I went, whenever I started working on my own, I felt like I was like, I had no borders, so I can do whatever I want. Uh, personally, um, I never, I honestly never think I have any limitation and that drives my mom crazy a bit <laughs> of times. But uh, like I caught my bangs and I feel that was like a whole new persona for me from all the previous years. Um, I don't think I'm ever growing it back ever again because I feel I relate to it so much. My personal style and edgy, I, I felt became edgier and 
kind of um, effortless, but it always has a twist. Um, I love to dress in, in an eclectic way. So um, recently, a couple of the brands that I've been really liking, like I love uh, Isabelle Marant because it has this, uh, this is a dress from Isabelle, from net porter that's Isabelle Marant. It has, it brings my boho side kind of uh, the boots they have the dresses they have i really like missoni because of also like it's um, kind of heritage and i i feel i can wear anything um, and it would still bring a pop of color i love the attico as well uh, because of their like craziness and the edginess at the same time um, these are some of the brands that i personally purchase from nap so how products. does style not only your personal style how does style play a game in setting up events or parties yeah i i was i came up with this question i was saying this before when uh, when i was talking about female djs in the region um i really feel that that it has an effect on like if you're doing an event like your personal style can actually be an opener for kind of the style that of parties or of events that you do. It, I don't know, but I feel it relay, it, it's associated in a way, like you cannot be wearing something that's too corporate and go to an event and see like, it's all like feathers and fuchsia and, and glitter and stuff like that. It doesn't fit with the persona that you are. So I feel you always need to bring your some of your edge or some of your I don't know, Masan. If I like an, an eclectic style, you can always go to the space that I'm creating and see an eclectic feel and different rooms and different colors and different spaces. So no matter what the brand is, I always try to like put this in the into the creative uh, homework that we do while building an event. Although the norm in event planning would be like wear black on black, uh, you know, like never black and black and be invisible <laughs> in an event, but we don't do that. No, no, we actually like to like we don't like to be invisible, invisible at all to the point where most brands ask us to sometimes play and DJ in the event. So we like to be part of our work. We like to show our work. We like to uh, be personal. proud of our work. It's because it's personal. We go to the factory uh, four days before ourselves at 1 a.m. We work with the builders. We see how the things are being built ourselves. We don't have a team to go and do all these things. So this is why I feel to go back to style. This is part of your personal style and the effort that you put into your business, basically. Okay. The last take is what Bloopers. would you say no. to future game changers? Keep on changing the game. <laughs> like uh, change is always good. Uh, it inspires other people to uh, search or explore change. Uh, being stagnant or looped, as we say, as you say in the musical world, is, uh, is some. Is it gets repetitive to a point where it like it's no longer interesting. It lacks interest. It lacks. Uh, inspiration to other people. Uh, we're in a region that is in need of of constant change. change because you know, like that's what happen. That's what change is happening everywhere around us. We're seeing it uh, change for the better, of course, and to see to explore better aspects of it, like betterness and change. Uh, you can find it in every corner of whatever you or 
whoever does it, you know, like it's it's open for anything. What what's your take on it? Um, what I would tell future game changers is to trust the process. I keep telling this to all my friends, to everyone around me. A lot of times, a lot of things happen when you are going towards your end game and end goal. And uh, sometimes it might put you down or it might be like, it might take, so, take a long time or you might have some hurdles on the way. Trust the process because don't take the, the easy way. Don't take the shortcut. It's worth it. Trust it. It's a, it's a, it's a path or a journey yeah. towards change. And uh, if it doesn't have failures, it means that there's no change happening. So of course. Failures are part of the change. And always have a good trip. So stay tuned for the second season of The Game Changers with Netaporte coming to you soon in August.